I'm Justin Lockie, the lead guitarist from Editors, and I'm on my way to the airport. Justin, your biomarkers are showing signs of stress. Your heart rate is higher than normal, and you appear to be experiencing muscle tightness. I had no idea I was physically stressed until you told me. You've been the tech in my ear, which I now seem to be talking to. Are you able to identify the cause of stress? Well, it just might have something to do with the fact that I'm en route to getting inside a giant metal tube that's going to head 30,000 feet up in the air, and all I'm in control of is whether to order chicken or fish. I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. I'm flying, I'm catching a flight, and I'm stuck in fucking traffic. Is flying something that stresses you out? It's more the crashing into the ground that's the worry. It's perfectly normal to be afraid of flying, but you mustn't catastrophize. Well, it's easy for you to say you're a robot. The worst thing that can happen to you is I forget to put you on charge. Maybe these statistics will help. Did you know that the chances of a modern aircraft crashing are roughly 1 in 11 million? Oh, it's not too bad. And even if your plane does crash, your chances of dying are still only around 1 in 10,000. Zero in zero would sound better to me. Your heart rate has already slowed slightly. But if you want further help, I can offer a breathing exercise. Uh, okay, go on then. Let's, let's give it a go. Breathe in. Breathe out. Focus on your breath. In this episode, I'm looking at what hearable technology has to offer for our physical and mental health. We're closing our eyes and we're thinking about something in your life, a time that was incredible. A time that was incredible was that feeling just after a lion had popped up near the campfire, but we'd driven it away. By we, I mean our ancestors, who used stress and that rush of adrenaline to keep themselves alive. Maybe a personal achievement or just the most amazing place in the world you visited. Anything that is incredible for you. These days, though, our stress reactions are being sent haywire by modern life. A hostile email triggers the same fight-or-flight response as that lion appearing. No wonder so many of us are prone to stress, anxiety and depression. And just notice how you feel when you think about this thing. And whilst I'm mindfully at it, noise. This world is too damn noisy. Open plant offices reduce your ability to do basic maths. Noise pollution is wrecking our sleep and mental health especially when a plane goes overhead. Notice your emotions. So it's about bloody time that, having turned us into nervous wrecks, tech is coming to the stress-soothing rescue. Be aware of any tension that you might be feeling anywhere. A calming future beckons where hearables smartly block out the external world, help us to work better, meditate deeper, sleep more soundly, and even fly less neurotically. Be aware of any tension... So take a deep breath with me. You might be feeling anywhere. And relax into Now Hear This, a podcast about the revolution of in-ear tech, hearables. Be aware of any tension. You might be feeling anywhere.
be aware of any tension. You might be feeling anywhere. Mission Winnow presents Now Hear This, a series on the future of hearables. As our lion-fearing ancestors knew all too well, sound can be soothing. Primitive music was the perfect wind-down after a brush with a big cat. Indeed, Aboriginal Australians used the didgeridoo as a form of vibrational healing, a mere 50,000 years before gong bass became a thing. Professor Alan Harvey is a neuroscientist who studies the impact music has on the brain. Music is incredibly important to the species. It always has been, and it always will be. Before modern technology, it's always been a group participation event. First of all with sticks, then with bone flutes, then with body tapping, banging, whatever you could get your hands on. In fact, it's my thesis, the whole reason why we evolved music alongside language was because it was an essential element of driving cooperative behaviour, well-being, empathy, altruism and all of the things that I think were important in early human existence to thrive and then move out into the world. This is Liz Cooper. She is what is called a sound therapist. After picking up this vibrating bowl, she went on a journey of discovery to learn more about the connections between pure tones and meditations. So that is a Himalayan singing bowl. I came across a little Himalayan bowl in a shop when I really wasn't very well. I'd burnt out from a very busy career in advertising and I picked up this little bowl and I began to play it. And I just began to feel immediately calm. I got the bowl, I took it home, began to practice with it and just felt so much better. And I thought, okay, so maybe it's because I'm distracted. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm focusing on something and my breathing is changing, you know, maybe this, maybe that. But something told me I really needed to pursue these instruments in more depth. The little bowl had a big impact on Liz. She trained as a sound therapist and began researching how on earth a bowl can be so beneficial. When we hear very long tones, especially lower pitches, low sounds, low sounds tend to relax us. So if you were wending your way up the Himalayan path and came across a temple and you heard this beautiful chanting sound coming from the temple, it's likely that if there are monks in prayer that there would be a low, 
coming from that temple. There wouldn't be a very high-pitched So naturally, we use those low sounds to relax us. When we sigh, it's bringing the sound into the body. That's what we naturally want to do to relax. So when we use long, low tones, they help the system to relax. Short, high tones stimulate the system, which is why we have our alarms today that get us out of bed. It's to do with the way the brain's wired, the way we've evolved to respond to sound. So basically, a lot of these instruments encourage the system to relax through the very nature of them. Our neurologist Alan Harvey agrees, the right sounds are soothing. There's changes to physiology, there's changes to heart rate, blood pressure, immune system, calming effects, changes to our perception of pain. So if you can find the right sort of music for the individual that communicates to that individual, I think there's enormous benefit for good outcomes, both psychological and physiological. It's a mass high I've seen up close when playing a big festival. Looking down, seeing dopamine racing through the crowd, it feels like the modern version of an ancient healing ceremony. It's the mind-changing magic of music. But just how music changes your mind, well, that depends on what you're playing. If my hearable had opted for some drum and bass en route to the airport, I'd arrive ready for a rave, not a flight. What had calmed me was the slow synchronization of my mind and body to an external rhythm, a fundamental process called entrainment. Here's Nick Hunt, the entrepreneur who first named Hearables, who can help us understand what this means for hearable tech. There's some fascinating work beginning to happen, and it's actually coming out from the leisure industry. One of the interesting ones, I'm talking about what we can do with the new Bluetooth standards, is we can broadcast music to a whole group. And we're already seeing, in terms of the silent disco approach, people using music for calming a complete room of people doing yoga. You'll get a thousand people in a room, all with headphones, all meditating at the same time, against the sound. So we're beginning to see people playing with this. It should be a really powerful way of actually helping ourselves to relax. And that feedback mechanism of how do you choose music that helps you relax, I think is one that's open up to a lot of study. At the moment, you tend to say, well, I'm going to just play waterfalls and whales and the like. But the whales are getting personal. They're being entrained. Apps are now using AI to generate the precise music at the precise frequency your mind and body need. We are designing sounds to have an influence on the brain waves. Laura June Clark co-founded Moon AI, an app that claims to offer music tailored to relieve menstrual pain. Helping to hijack the brain are award-winning musicians and academics. The user would download an app 
And once they open it, they go through onboarding where they are being asked questions such as, are they in their cycle? If they are, what's the pain intensity? What's the emotional state? Which allows us to have our algorithm find the perfect sound. The sound has been built and designed in order to basically hijack the brain to believe it's in a pain-free and relaxed state. And therefore the user is being tricked through sounds to understand that pain perception can be reduced. So we're building sounds based on binaural beats. It's when you're listening to sounds who have a different frequencies from the left and the right ear. Your brain not being able to cope with it or actually liking it is creating the third auditive illusion. And the third auditive illusion is influencing your brain wave amplitude, so to speak. So if you have high brain waves and you're working on a binaural beat with a very short range, it puts it down. And the lower your brain waves are, the more you're going to be able to be in a relaxed state or behaving like you're relaxed or in a deep sleep and so on. The beat per minute, the BPM, who's around 60, is your heartbeat at a relaxed state. So if naturally you're listening to music who's around 60, your breathing is adjusting to it and you're like relaxing and breathing better. You have your oxygen level who's improving in your blood as well. The audio wellness industry is now worth billions. Stars like Nicole Kidman, Keanu Reeves and Idris Elba have been employed to say soothing things into our ears. But how do you beat having an in-ear Idris? Well... How about in-ear world-class diagnosticians? Yes, that really is a medical term. The ear is probably the best place to measure health on your body. It's stable, and it's your ears that keep you stable. So unlike your wrist, which waves around and is probably the worst possible place to put a sensor, the ear is the best place. And it's not going to take long before we start to see those sensors. We want to have devices that don't fetter us, don't make us differentiated in how we interact in the world as humans. And the ears, aside from the beauty of the signatures we can capture, it's also a form factor in a place where we can wear a device all day long. And we can sleep with that device and we can be comfortable with it. Poppy Crum, neuroscientist and technologist. And the reason that becomes so important is I now have this longitudinal data of me and it becomes much more informative in terms of the types of algorithms I can use to understand my states or even, say, an anomalous event like a stroke, trying to see if I've had a neural degenerative decline that might happen over a long period of time. If you have something in your ear, you're walking around with it, it's learning from you, then that could advance AI in ways we've never dreamt of. Technology journalist Jane Wakefield. If you combine this biometrics with smart artificial intelligence, you could build up a pattern of how your entire body is functioning, how you move, how you speak. And doctors can analyse your speech patterns and predict illnesses that you might be prone to, like multiple sclerosis, diabetes. We can detect the onset of a seizure, a stroke, conditions associated with Alzheimer's. And you realise the power that that EEG signature has when joined with machine learning and AI. You end up with a very powerful platform of information about your health. 
I do think that anything that can sort of revolutionise the healthcare system and personalise medicine is going to be an absolute game changer in terms of people not getting illnesses that they could have got before they had their own personal way of analysing this stuff. Because I do feel that post-pandemic, our healthcare system is a little bit broken. And perhaps if technology can help to mend it, then that's something we should absolutely look to. And of course, we've only just really touched here on some of the things that you will be able to do. I sincerely believe hearables in the ear are going to be a very important part of our mental and physical health as we go forward in a way that we'll wear devices in our ears more to listen to our bodies and help even control the devices around us than to play us music. Did you get that, Justin? Yeah, I read that on the back of the box when I bought you. It was one of your main selling points. Initiating full body check. Whoa, 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 no, 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 stop, yeah? I don't think learning about my chances of seizure right now is going to help my fear of flying. Thanks. I hate airports. They're like purgatory. Except God has installed a low-grade shopping mall to pass the hours until being blasted into the troposphere. All right, mate. What can I get you? Hi, mate. Can I get a beer? Here you go. Thanks. Your blood pressure reading is high at the moment. May I suggest you avoid any more alcohol for the rest of the day? You may indeed suggest it. Doesn't mean I'm going to follow digital doctor's orders. Can I get another beer, please? Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. I can't hear you, mate. I'm isolating what I've determined to be important sounds and cancelling other frequencies. You want me to set up a tab? Wow. That's better. Uh, yes, please, mate. My blood pressure isn't quite high enough. More and more public venues, restaurants, bars think they need to push up the sound of the music around them. Let's have this bang, let's have this beat, it gets people excited. Nick Hun. It also means they can't actually talk anymore, so it makes it difficult to have conversations. You have to talk louder, you get a sore throat, you drink more as a result. And there's one strand of thought that says that's the only reason that the hospitality industry does this. You drink more if the music's loud. And maybe it would be a better idea just to say to the bar staff, turn this down, because they're killing their hearing as well. It means people are going to start to need hearing aids at 30 rather than 50. Today, if you suffer hearing loss, loss is the operable word. It's not like sight where we can repair most of what goes wrong with your eyes. If you have hearing loss, then it is lost and we as yet know of no way to get it back. I think one of the things which people don't realise is just how profound the effects of hearing loss are. 
it isn't just limited to the fact that you can't hear things the way you did, but it means you start having less social interaction. Because you can't hear somebody, you stop talking to people. And hearing loss is related to a large number of other symptoms, in particular to early onset dementia. We're already seeing those audio algorithms beginning to appear in our earbuds. And they may be simple ones, like the automatic noise cancelling. That's a really, really important thing to do, because automatic noise cancelling, which gets rid of the outside sound around you, means you can lower the volume that you listen to. And if you lower that volume, it's doing an amazing amount of good in putting off that point where you're going to get hearing loss. So the softer you can listen to something, the safer your hearing's going to be. And by cancelling out any extraneous noise, you can really push that down. There's an intimacy when you start to put things in your ear. And at that point, you can start to think about what else can I do with it. I can read the signatures of the brain and of mental state and intent in the air, but I can also change them. There are two ways I can write the brain. So obviously I can play sound if I have a microphone. It's a very fast neural connection. But I can also stimulate the vagal nerve. Poppy Crum, neuroscientist and technologist. There's been a lot of research in the last 10 years about the power of stimulating the vagus nerve for modifying pathological conditions, but also for bootstrapping neuroplasticity. You're putting your brain in a system of accelerated change, but you're also then able to play or create curated information that helps augment and change how your brain allocates resources. I'd say the most successful approaches to reduction of hearing conditions like tinnitus have been yeah. through vagal stimulation and trying to remap how information is represented and coded in the brain. The important thing here is, historically, vagal stimulation would be a sort of implant, not a super invasive. But you can also stimulate that nerve right inside the concha of the ear. The ear then becomes both this read-write, closed-loop platform for how do we think about the brain and having agency over our capabilities, approaching it with an intent and a design of what you want to see happen in your brain, which I think is empowering, especially when we understand the capabilities of intersecting a neural system. There have been a number of studies looking at you know, reduction of stress and anxiety and PTSD with just the vagal stimulation itself. But then once you pair it with other stimuli, you want to amplify one response and reduce another. And where can you do that in the most controlled way in your ear? Your flight departs in 45 minutes, Justin. You should proceed to your gate. Okay, 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 okay. One in 11 million. 
One in eleven million. One Justin, in eleven your million. Cortisol levels are one in eleven high million. Again. One in eleven million. One Would in you like more million. statistics on air travel? No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Unless we're up to twelve million now. Would you like me to proceed with a vagal nerve stimulation? I'm not sure this is the time or place for. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sounds good. I have sent your boarding pass to your phone and have pre-ordered your in-flight low-salt meal. Tickets and boarding pass, please, sir. Thanks, mate. That's perfect, sir. Have a great flight. How long is the flight today? It's only 11 hours, sir. Oh, fantastic. If you like, I could sync binaural beats with your breathing patterns to help you fall asleep. Go on then, turn on the in-flight entertainment. Only 11 hours of whales and waterfalls to go. There are no more delays. There's no one sat next to you. The sun is setting to your right. In the next episode, what if hearables could deliver super hearing? I often think I would have made a great spy because I could be in a restaurant and hear what somebody was saying across the restaurant. 